Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we offer expert sex advice and soulful guidance as you create the sex life you most desire. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find a complete podcast archive. And while you are there, sign up for our free online course. Go to pleasuremechanics.com slash free and sign up for the erotic essentials so we can give you our foundational tools and resources to start engaging and optimizing in your sex life right away. I've just been going through this course and moving some things around and adding some new tools to it and I've been loving what's there. I'm so excited to be offering it to people. We have several thousand people now in that free course, which I think is awesome. And you should be in it too. So come on over pleasuremechanics.com slash free. If you love this show and want to support our work and keep us going, come on over to Patreon and become a monthly supporter. Patreon.com slash pleasuremechanics, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics and sign up for as little as a dollar a month. Join our inner circle, join our conversations and our polls right now. Our patrons are upvoting 10 podcast topics for production over the next couple months. So they are shaping the future of this podcast as we speak. And I'm always delighted and surprised at what they upvote. Um, Two of the episodes ideas are these ones I've always been wanting to do, but never did because I thought they were too esoteric. Mm. And those are getting the most votes. Fascinating. So I love it. So I love this conversation we're in. Come on over to patreon.com slash Pleasure Mechanics. All right. So today's episode, we are in those crisp, cool days of October here in New York State. Halloween is coming up in the United States. I know we have a global audience. Hello, Germany. Hello, Australia. Um, But here in the United States, we celebrate Halloween. And Halloween is often celebrated by costumes and for adults this often means sexy costumes or costumes that kind of push your edges of comfort in one way or another and so there's always this barrage of um, conversation about costumery and role-playing and it's also one of my favorite times of the years to shop for costumes if you're into erotic (laughs) role-playing so I thought I would do a double duty here that's, gosh, I have like potty, potty humor brain from being a parent to a four-year-old. Double duty <laughs> just sounded really, really naughty. Okay. This is going to do double duty and we're going to talk about erotic role playing and what that actually means. Because when I was putting together the kinky sex course a few years ago, I came to aware came to be aware that the traditional way role playing is talked about, I think, is really limited and really broken in a way, and really cuts off this part of kinky sex for people who could otherwise enjoy it. So we'll talk about our take on erotic role playing, and. I'm also just going to mention that the day after Halloween, so November 1st, is a great day to go shopping for erotic costumes and props. 
And preparing for Halloween, if you're invited to a costume party or are going out, it's a great time to notice your response to role playing. So this is kind of a Halloween episode with the perennial theme of erotic role playing mashed in. Yes? Brilliant. All right. So I think when we talk about erotic role playing, the first place people go is costumes, right? So it's like the naughty nurse and the patient or the school teacher and the student or the boss and the secretary. Um, We have these kind of um, few scripted archetypal roles that we have highly sexualized, that we've all seen movies about that have been sexualized. And so therefore we have easy scripts to be like, oh, well, you be the bad secretary and I'll be the mean boss and I'll spank you over the desk. Um, Or a nurse and a patient, right? We have these specific roles that we pull out and we've all seen kind of movies about and cheap porn about. And we think that if we put on a little nurse's hat and, you know, flip our patient over and spank their bottom, that like sex will be hot all of a sudden. And role playing is so much more than costumes. And I came to be aware of this when I was writing the kinky sex course. And I was talking about kinky sex from the perspective of power play, sensation play, and role playing, and how we mix together these elements to craft dramatic, memorable, exciting, thrilling sex is really what the heart of kinky sex is about, is creating more thrilling, dramatic sex. And so role playing is really about the story and the the drama that can animate eroticism for some people. It's the, the fuel behind the story of why the sex is happening. And the costumes are really just props in telling that story. And humans love story, right? We love theater. We love telling story and engaging in our fantasy through our bodies, through our emotions. And erotic role playing is bringing that to your sexuality, being willing to make believe and pretend that you are a new kind of person, a different person than your everyday persona and doing that together with someone to have fun. And right now, I guess I'm learning a lot about this right now as a parent to a four-year-old because she is super into theater and drama and make-believe as kids, a lot of kids love make-believe and she'll say you be the dragon and I'll run a right way scared okay ready go and then I'm expected on cue to roar down the hallway (laughs) and she runs away shrieking and is thrilled and just loves it and we lose our ability to play and erotic role-playing if you allow yourself because I think a lot of people just feel like shy and awkward and oh no that's not for me and Um, I have a line, I was looking through the lesson on erotic role playing in the course to prepare for this episode. And I have a line that says something like, people expect to put on a cheap wig and be transported to great pleasurable sex. But instead, they just feel awkward with an itchy scalp. (laughs) You know, and I think we all know that feeling of like, half heartedly putting on 
a prop, putting on a costume, but you haven't embodied something new. And so you're just kind of like awkward and itchy and like, what do I do now? And no one likes that feeling, especially in the bedroom. So, but when we come at it from this idea of drama and storytelling and being willing to say with your partner, hey, you be the dragon, I'll run away scared capture me, throw me into the cave of your bed and let's go for it, right? Like it just creates this playful, curious dynamic that is silly. It is make-believe and pretend, but in that there's so much freedom to explore emotions and attitudes and behaviors that can be really hot because they are taboo. And because they are taboo, they live in this realm that you, as the good husband, you don't hit your wife. Of course you don't hit your wife. But you might want to spank her once in a while. And it might be easier to spank your wife when you are both kind of in a transported role. If you have these rules and roles and boundaries around this story that you're telling together and that you're exploring sexually and then that ends and you come back to being the good husband and being the wife being the boyfriend being the people that you know yourself to be how is this feeling to you charlotte as a yeah i think it's really about embodying qualities that you find erotic that you find sexy that can be either within you and are a tiny sliver of who you are or there's something totally opposite and it's 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 looking around in your world looking at your fantasies looking at what you find erotic in media and finding particular energies that really do spark something for you and challenging yourself or inviting yourself to play and experiment with embodying that quality. And then you use props to get in the mood as icing, but they do not hold the power. The power is within you as, as, a, play, as a playful, it's a playful experiment. Um, and it truly is, it truly is bringing the element of play to sex in a more dramatic way. And as you said, it's so human, it's so childlike, we do forget how to do this. And, and giving ourselves permission to do this is really freeing. Um, if you can, if you can, if you can really be on the same page with your partner, that this isn't a performance that you need to get just right and perfect to keep the energy hot, but you're just you're just experimenting together and see what comes up and see what you what you find hot and what isn't and you can talk about it after but it's allowing yourself to really step into a new and different space within and together between the two of you intentionally mm -hmm. and it can be a subtle shift right it can be a subtle story that you're telling one another or it can be a huge drama with scenery and costumes and you can travel. I have met couples that plan their travel budgets around role playing. So they will go to the castle in Spain and plan their entire vacation around this. Um, That's amazing. It's very specific, yeah. right? And I think this is like, there's so many spectrums of sexuality and this is one spectrum of how turned on you are by the storytelling and drama of role playing. Yeah. And then how do you want to leverage this, right? For some people, it might just be like an accent, mm. right? A, a voice that comes out like 
you once were an exchange student in Spain and always loved that accent. And so your husband that took Spanish in high school every once in a while becomes Miguel, right? That can be role playing and you just leverage that little subtle change to, you know, have a glass of red wine and feel a little bit looser that night with Miguel in your arms. It just takes you somewhere. It takes you out of your everyday reality. And it is up to you to be a detective and figure out what that slight shift is and, um, and what will work between the two of you. Because right. different people will have different... And often at the Halloween stores, I ignore the costumes, right? So there's all these, like, polyester, like, nurse costumes. And some people love that, right? And have a whole closet full. We have those friends that have a whole closet full of costumes. Um, I like to go for the accessories. Mm. The little things that might just have that glimmer of fantasy that is enough to transport you. Right? Like, how would your husband respond to being served beer in a big Viking mug? (laughs) And that Viking mug means something. It means that you are willing to be his Viking wench for the night. Right? And so just that mug is a little playful thing between you. So this is the power of erotic role playing. And I think it's just this thing that you have to give yourself permission to be open to. And say, I'm not taking it seriously. It is just for fun, for play, for excitement. And then you might be surprised what you find there. Mm. And this is one of the elements of erotic role playing. Some people get really into it because it gives them access to very profound emotional states. Um, People go into very deep trances with it. People... Um, Some people like just love it and use it very powerfully in their erotic life. And for other people, it's a little bit of seasoning once in a while. Um, But I think just thinking through it. Another piece that I think is really important about erotic role playing, especially for those of us interested in kinky sex, is role playing makes you get specific. Because as much as role playing is about who you are, it's about who, what that character does and what that character wants. Um, so I give the example of, you know, there's like the princess and the prince or the princess and the robber or the thief. And you might say to your husband, like, I just want you to rush in the room and take me and ravage me. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Because the prince would grab the woman, throw her on the bed, lavish her with kisses, treat her body like a precious reward and take her somewhere, transport her with his regal behavior, (laughs) right? Like there are certain things you expect of a prince and there are certain things you expect of a thief who might throw his hand over your mouth, take you from behind, pull your hair, throw you when he's done and leave the room as you're breathless, right? Those are different sets of behaviors and naming the character behind them can be a shortcut to really bullet pointing out what you want your husband to do. So it's like act like the loyal prince versus act like the wicked robber. Um, And that also asks you to identify yourself. Like, am I a prize to be treasured or am I a, you know, hole to be filled, (laughs) right? Like, what is my role within this erotic engagement? So there's actually in this way that we were talking about last week, how begging for it can be an extreme act of consent, 
Role-playing can be an extreme act of consent. Also, in the getting specific about what you want to feel, how you want to be done, what dynamics you want between you and your partner, um, from the subtle to the extreme, right? Like if you want to be that princess in the castle, you could make it your lifelong dream to go be fucked well in the turret. Yeah. Right? People make that happen. (laughs) I am inspired Um, by that. Or it's just that subtle shift of asking, no, when you fuck me, whisper this instead of that, Mm. right? That getting specific can just make such a huge difference in how that sex feels. And when your partner gets permission to give you, to do to you what you want done, that just inspires so much confidence and swagger. So it's this like circuit again that you're creating between you where if you get brave enough to say, this is how I want to feel, will you play this game with me? And then you do it and you both are like, ooh, that was really fun. (laughs) You get to kind of recycle that energy back into your relationship and maybe try it again, maybe try something new. But this is that kind of fuel we're talking about, is that vulnerability, that willingness, and that willingness also to get awkward and be like, oh, that was really not fun. And I did not at all like being the pirate. And, you know, just like, let's put that idea aside. What's next? Right. And being willing to have that resiliency. Or I think I could really like that, but I still feel really shy. I need to try that again and give it a little more oomph. Can you identify what that shyness is about? I think it's focusing on what you look like, how you're being perceived, doing it right, instead of being in the acting of it and the Mm -hmm. embodying of something. It's where you're focused on, I think, yeah, how you're looking versus how you're feeling and challenging yourself to just really embody something that feels good to you. Do you think also there's something about like getting your lines right? Like as soon as you have the pirate costume on, you have to be like... Ahoy, matey. Oh, matey. Uh, I'm here to plunder ye. Like, do you feel like there's something also about the awkwardness of, um, like, the talking and the role-playing aspect of it where you have you feel like you're in theater and you have to get the lines right and you're doing it wrong? Sure, that's what I mean. Yeah, that you're, uh-huh. like, about the performance and about getting it right. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to just... And maybe if that feels like you're somebody that isn't that into theatre and this feels like a really big stretch, like maybe that's too far to jump and just do a really light embodiment that doesn't have a whole bunch of props and a whole bunch of scripts, but is uh, just using a tool, like you were saying, like an accessory and um, play with a more subtle, energetic play with a more subtle role-playing situation instead of a full-blown costume Right, it could be like, drink this rum while I give you a blowjob and I pretend like I'm the wench on a pirate ship. Like, it can be as simple as that. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) But again, this is this whole experience of articulating precisely what your desire is, which is so powerful. But you don't have to be. You can just do, like, a moonshot, right? Like... I feel like you don't have to get it right. What's a moonshot? Like, you don't have to be precise and, like, know ahead of time what will work for Mm. you. Like, I feel like when I stepped into the kinky world and started going to play parties every weekend, and I was just kind of saying yes to a lot of things, saying no to a lot of things for the first time in my life, but I ended up doing things that I never would have, like, chosen to do Mm. that ended up being really sexy. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I feel, and that's part of why, so like in kinky sex course, this, you know, this is just one date out of 25, but in this date 11, I have lists of roles. Should we read some of them? So I think this is part of what I try to offer people is there's lists. And just as you read that list, as we're going to read it to you now, just notice your reaction. Because when I say pirate, you might feel nothing. But if I say astronaut, you might just be like, huh. I feel a little spark somewhere of Whoa. curiosity. <laughs> I'm a lonely astronaut in space getting love letters via, I, I don't know, like, right? Like, that might be the spark that starts your story. I thought you were going to go with an alien storyline. Exactly. You see that sucker up on your window <laughs> and you start having ideas. So, I don't know. You might go somewhere with one of these. Or some of the roles are also very simple. Like, personal trainer mm. is a role that I think a lot of couples could get into. Yeah, that's a classic one. Right? Like, you put on sweat clothes... You do a workout in your gym home basement and it gets a little naughty. Like it can be as simple as that, as like your husband being transformed into the trainer that has permission to go a little hard on you and then spank you and then fuck you. Right? Like that is the story you've agreed upon. You both look forward to it. And then you play with that dynamic. Like it can be really simple. And maybe that doesn't sound simple to people. I don't know. We haven't talked explicitly in this conversation about um, the before you get to this role playing where you have conversations, you consent to it, you agree to stuff together. That is all a prerequisite um, that I think we've talked about in other podcasts. We certainly talk about in the right, course. Exactly. You don't go into this process cold as yeah. a couple, right? And even in this course, this is date eleven. There's... After ten experiences together of learning how to negotiate and talk and consent and safe word and build a scene together and what that looks like, right? But and, and if you're just doing things like blowjobs and fucking like you normally do, like, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can just be like, let's play with this little element of it. Okay, so I want to read some of the roles. Um, but as we were doing this, I was scrolling through the PDF of this date night um, and realizing there's so much more in this conversation that we're not going to be able to cover in this half hour episode, which I think is just another portal into how rich and dense these courses are and how so each of these date nights, we guide you through an experience, a topic. It's like getting an hour long workshop in the privacy of your own home. You hit play, you hear Charlotte's beautiful voice come on. So you go through these topics in a sequence that makes sense. You build on these skills together and we guide you through it. And let, let's do a Halloween sale. Let's do code BOO, <laughs> BOO, B-O-O, for 33% off kinky sex course until Thanksgiving. Cool. Yeah. Inspired. Okay. Um, in this moment. And so let's read through these roles. And so think about... Um, so one of the things we just skipped by in this course is the difference between props and roles, right? So having a police badge doesn't make you a cop. It doesn't give you authority. And it certainly doesn't give you the um, air of authority that you would bring into a role-playing scene, right? Like a cop can act like a cop whether or not he has a badge on. And so props are often distractions and should only be used, I think, if they can add to your embodiment of the role and not stand in for it, 
right? So if having that extra like princess tiara makes you feel a little bit more like surrendering, go for it. But it, the act of surrendering is from within. And in the course, I also mentioned this, if you go see a group of skilled actors do a read through, where they're just on stage sitting in chairs reading a script, you get the sense of this, like they are becoming those characters, just in street clothes. So that's kind of where you want you want to like source these roles from within and act as if you are them no matter what you are wearing, what props are around you. Mm. And then you can add that those layers in if they enhance your experience. But it starts from that like internal shift of like, I'm going to pretend. And this is again with my daughter, it's like, I go from being the dragon to the evil witch to the nice mommy to the baker on the corner. Like I will swing between these roles in five minutes. And it's just about who I'm being in my voice and how I'm acting. Um, and it's been a really good lesson in this like acting. It's like toddler acting school 101. <laughs> okay. So okay. these are all different these are all different roles. Just notice what feels appealing to you of what you would like to embody and or what you might like your partner to experiment with and see if any dynamics come to mind. Doctor. Nurse. Patient. Professor. Student. Coach. Athlete. Personal trainer. Client. Interrogator. Stripper. Spy. Cop. Robber. Victim. President. Intern. CEO. Chef. Knight. Princess. Secretary. Delivery person. Housewife. Photographer. Model. Landscaper. Pool cleaner. Handyman. Rockstar. Fan. Queen. Knight. Dragon. Squid. Alien. Astronaut. The list goes on. <laughs> so that is just a primer. And even as I'm reading this list that I wrote a few years ago, I'm noticing things about it that I would change now, right? There's a million roles we could add to this list. And let your fantasy start filling in the blanks. This is where it gets to be super personal. You're like, none of that actually makes sense to me, but a chef professor who's teaching me how to make French sauces, and you're off. Sometimes it's just a little bit of a framework of, it would be really fun if dot dot dot. And you can play with that. And you can play with it just in your fantasy and your thoughts alone, which is a really easy way. You know, it's like an etch-a-sketch. You just shake out your thoughts and you have a clean slate and you can go on to the next thing. Um, or you can play with this just through little dirty talk in bed. Or you can get really big with it and go for costumes and props and scenery and travel. Um, but just letting this element in of the storytelling, the drama, the dynamic between you and your lover. Like what story are you telling? What energies are you running? And knowing that you can step into that deliberately as a little playground, as a way of choosing to be thrilled, right? Because again, when I chase my daughter down the hallway as a dragon, she is just choosing to be thrilled. She's very clear moment. you're her mother. But... Yeah. yeah, and she just directs it and she says, be scary in this way for the next minute, go. Right. We all have access to this kind of play. We just forget it. And it's a really good opportunity to practice that, to shake that out, shake out our self-consciousness and get into the spirit of play. Mm -hmm. 
And remember that the day after Halloween, everything is on sale at all the places where you buy Halloween mm-hmm. costumes and accessories. And it's such a good opportunity in a really cheap way to just see what sparks your interest. Yeah, like so give go yourself fifty percent off sale yeah. and wander the accessories aisle and just be like, what wig, what sunglasses, what goblet. Just look around and be like, what one item would be fun to experiment with? Or a whole costume. Whatever whatever works for you. <laughs> just just notice your desire. Mm. Or make it a date with your partner and see what happens. You mm. don't know what you could get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even like classy thing. I mean, classy, I hate that word. But things like opera length gloves you can get. And that, you know, for $2. And then if you want to play that role of being dressed up and going out to dinner and then being pushed up in an alley and your gloves get all messy because they're being dragged against the brick, it doesn't matter because they're $2 satin gloves. Mm. That's also the thing is like buying cheap allows you to play, like tear off each other's clothes physically can be really fun, but you don't want to do that with someone's vintage granny's dress, right? Like you want to rip off clothes that are meant to be ripped off. And again, it's giving yourself permission to spend that $5 with the naughty thought in mind. It would be hot if my lover ripped this off of me. These fishnets that are, yeah. Right? Or whatever it is. Like, so much of this is giving yourself erotic permission. And that is the hardest part here. Everything else will follow. But saying it's okay to be thrilled to have fun in this way. Like, that's a safe place for me to go. That's the hard part, I think. And then stepping into play. That is the the adult play. Right. The adult play. It's just such a good opportunity. It's such a good challenge. I think everyone should do it once in a while just to see what comes up. Mm. You just laid out a challenge for yourself, my dear. (laughs) All right, I'm going to read a couple more of these fill-in-the-blanks, right? I would love to be fucked by a blank. I would love to be fucked by a robot, by a dinosaur, by a caveman. (laughs) I would love to be fucked by an athlete. I would love to be fucked by a rock star. Who would you love to be fucked by? One more. (laughs) Charlotte just gave me that look of don't ask me to answer that on air. Uh Is that what you just said with your eyes? Mm -hmm. Glad we're on the same page. If I could jump in a time machine, I would travel to blank and be a blank and fuck a blank. If I could jump in a time machine, I would travel to the medieval ages and be a bar wench Mm. and fuck a knight who had just come home from victory. If I could jump in a time machine, I would travel to the beautiful countryside and Charlotte would be a milkmaid <laughs> and I would be a hungry peasant wandering through the hills and come up on Charlotte with a fresh bucket of cream and a rosy smile and she would invite me in for lunch. All right, so role-playing can be subtle, it can be big and dramatic, it can be one or two words, it can be a travel plan, it can be a force that you leverage in your sex life, and how you do that is up to you. 
but we want you to have some ideas and some tools and some acknowledgement of like why this is exciting for people and why it perhaps could be thrilling to you. Hope this episode has been useful. We will be back with you next week with another episode. What that episode will be is up to our dear patrons over at patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. Our patrons are voting on our next few episode topics, and I'm excited to see what they command of us. And we will be back with you next week. Yes, my dear. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. And futuristic robot sex. (laughs) No. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.